Welcome to the C.S. Joseph podcast. I'm your host, C.S. Joseph, obviously, lol. Uh, this is season 31, episode 7, Should Women Submit to All Men? A very uh, controversial topic, and honestly, I'm kind of surprised at that the topic even exists, like that it's even a thing. I, I'm, I'm kind of shocked. I'm actually really shocked that the topic is a thing and i guess that just kind of just goes to show how decadent and lost our culture is because of that entire complex i mean it should be it should be a no-brainer the answer to that question a a complete no-brainer but for some reason it's not but there's a lot of things when it comes to intergender dynamics and Jungian sexuality and masculinity and femininity that should be obvious to people, but is completely not obvious um, for a myriad of reasons. It could be due to societal socialization and conditioning. It could be due to uh, feminism. It could be due to the patriarchy, right? Uh, Like all these different, you know, aspects or labels that people like to throw around. Haven't you ever noticed that the people that complain the most from a feminist standpoint are women who are obese and ultimately unattractive and have absolutely no sexual market value whatsoever? Have you guys ever noticed that? And yet the women who do have the highest sexual market value don't even notice or even care and are too busy uh, sipping their pina coladas, you know, on the beach at, in Mykonos uh, after getting off of some yacht with some dude that they found randomly on Instagram, right? I mean, that is kind of, you know, the how it goes, right? But, you know, these things are not so obvious to culture. These things are not so uh, obvious at all. And, and Mr. Martinez in the chat, I don't care if people like the subject or don't like it because facts don't care about your feelings right so we're going to discuss it because the answer to this should be a no-brainer and for some reason it's not so but let's 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 actually examine the roots and identify a problem before we actually answer the question so one of the worst things about this decadent western society culture which is also starting to bleed into middle eastern society and eastern society uh, it's it's a problem. It's a serious uh, problem because, uh, and that problem is ultimately fatherlessness. There are no fathers around. There is no mature masculinity anymore. It's been completely obliterated off of the face of the earth, which sucks, sucks for everyone. And why is that? Well, it's because fathers ultimately keep sons out of jail and daughters off of stripper poles. I'm quoting Myron Gaines when I say that. Uh, And this is necessary because a lot of people have no idea how to define, uh, you know, the role of a father or why even a father is important. I mean, if I'm if I'm in a custody battle in court, you know, trying to gain custody of my children, they find me unfit as a parent because I don't even know the name of my son's first grade teacher. Right. And, but the thing is, is that knowing the name of my son's first grade teacher, that's female space. That's a feminine thing. You know, they don't, when when you're in court fighting over custody for children, they don't ask you masculine questions because they find the masculine side of things to be completely irrelevant. And the reason why is because society is biased uh, to, you know, feminine norms because, like, for example, society benefits directly from 
women enabling their children and women as mothers, mothers enable children. But those children become entitled when they come of age and they take that entitlement with them into the workforce, into society, and they ultimately make society worth due to the lack of fathers, right? And this is why you have, you know, boomers out there complaining about how entitled, uh, you know, millennials are or how entitled uh, Generation Z is or Alpha Generation around the corner. But the thing is, is that it's their own damn fault. Like, it's, it's actually the boomers' fault. It's their fault. Uh, they did such a poor job at parenting that, uh, you know, because it's all about the 60s, right? Free love, right? Well, the children of the 60s are here. And that's what you get. You get you get fatherless, which means fatherlessness, which means all the sons are in jail and all the daughters are shaking their ass in clubs or on stripper poles or they have only fans and they're basically behaving like total hoes. And then that leads to, you know, the women becoming dog moms or cat moms, uh, so that or these forty year old spinsters who are completely childless and alone and will be dying alone. And statistics show that for the first time in history, women will be dying alone more often than they ever have ever. That sucks. But the role of the father is specifically there to criticize children. They are there to criticize them. They are there to shame their children, sometimes even publicly. I was publicly shamed. I stole something from the store when I was little. My dad made me go back inside the store, admit to everyone that I had stolen from the store, and return what I had stolen, basically. That's real parenting. Public shaming is necessary. He would also guilt me in public, consistently. At church, often, in front of his closest friends. Guilt me for you know doing something that I did wrong, etc. It was my fault, and I was guilted. And he would do it even publicly. He'd do it all. Because fathers recognize that children are their legacy, and those children represent them, so they offer a lot of criticism all the time. But apparently, male criticism in the home or in the nuclear family is something that's not even allowed. Why? It sounds like bullshit to me. You know, because we, we, we can't... We can't spank our children, right? We can't spank our children. Spanking is evil, right? Actually, no, spanking is awesome. It's awesome if you have SI user children. It sucks if you have SE user children. But, you know, the INFJs and ENFJs that run the school system lobbied for, you know, people to be anti-spanking for so many decades, especially since the 60s, that they decided to make it uh, politically incorrect to spank your children because, you know, the NFJs knew that spanking them when they were young had absolutely no value for them personally, and they just forced their own bias about spanking on the rest of culture because they're the ones who actually sit on our mother-effing school boards and literally dictate the rest of society to us. By the way, if you want to actually change society for the better, why don't you run for all those vacant positions in the school board and absolutely start raising hell? I think you might change culture a lot faster than you think, just so you know. Never forget that. That's a huge weakness in the world system. Run for school boards. School boards do the most damage to society, do the most damage to the mature masculine, they do the most damage to the mature feminine, and they are the weakest place to strike. If you want to strike at the heart of the world system and society as we know it, strike at the school board. It's not hard. It's actually pathetically easy, just so you know. So 
the problem is, you know, this, this in general is the problem. Fatherlessness continues to be a problem. And one of the reasons why fatherlessness exists is two reasons. The first reason is because, you know, fathers don't really get anything out of being a father. And so they just, they just leave. There's, I mean, you could, so like when you ask a man, you're like, what, what do you get? What do you get for being married? What do you get? Um, well, you get nothing. You get nothing for being married. Actually, you don't. Because like you, you could say, well, you could get consistent sex. And like the answer is no, you don't get consistent sex. In fact, if a man allows himself to get married, what ends up happening is that quality of sex goes down because your woman is secure all of a sudden. She's secure in herself and secure in the relationship because till death to us part, right? Which, by the way, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 31 through 37, Jesus is anti-marriage vows, right? Well, yeah, marriage vows like uh, are a sin. You might want to like figure that out. Um, so with that being said, like... Uh, Men don't get anything out of marriage. And you could argue consistent sex, but the quality of sex goes down, the, qu the frequency of sex goes down as well. It's like, it's not even worth it. Plus, you know, pussy costs $45 an hour street value right now. So it's not really that much. Plus you have unlimited pornography. And then obviously there's OnlyFans out there. There's Instagram out there. There's all these different things. You have Tinder, etc. You have Bumble. There's really just no reason. And, you know, of course, you know, Bumble's for the spinsters trying to, like, see what, what their value is after the day, right? And this is what you get from having a fatherless culture. This is what you get. This is what you get. And all of your sons are being put in jail and your daughters are on stripper poles. Seriously, girls, like... If you're so okay with having your OnlyFans, if you're so okay with being a stripper or a sex worker, if you're so okay with that, is that really what you want for your daughter? Is that really what you want? You know, do you really want your son in jail? You might want to think twice about that. But there's no point. There's really no point in a father necessarily to stick around because what does he get out of it? What does he get out of it? You know, like, uh, you know, women also, when they get married, they let their bodies go. So what's the point? Again, what's the point? You could argue that a father gets children, a man gets children out of marriage, but a woman has the power through Western society laws to decide if he is unfit, to decide if he is unfit to be a father, basically, and can kick him out. And you see this in statistics where 80% of divorce is initiated by women, not men. That's also a problem. So... In general, this is the problem. This is the problem. But what, pray tell, would cause the fathers to be willing to stick around? What, what? Well, I guess we'd have to examine exactly what men want in a relationship with a woman. What do men want? What does a truly masculine, high-value man want from a woman? What is that? Well, it's not very much, actually. It's not very much. Like, um, women, they want their man to be making a lot of money. They want their man to be tall. They want their man to not be obese. Uh, they also want their man, um, uh, let's see here. Um, 
you know, to be to be educated, highly educated, you know, they, they, they have to create a lot of value, right? As Myron Gaines would say, you know, men create value while women have to strive to preserve it. The thing is, though, when a woman gets married, she's no longer interested in preserving her value anymore. Statistically, or at least women in general, I would say, are more interested in take, 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 instead of actually focusing on preserving their value in the relationship, something the mature feminine should have taught them, but those school board people took away the mature feminine because we could just rely on the system to do that. So that's that's a thing. That's a big problem. So hold on. I need uh, to adjust my sound here because like I shouldn't even be hearing some of these things. Let's put that here. Let's put that there. Let's put that there. All right, cool. No way. I don't get any more dings anymore while I'm explaining myself here. So what do high value men want from a woman? Well, the answer is simple. And this comes from my season four playlist here on this YouTube channel. And uh, it's called, um, it's called, you know, um, how intimate relationships actually work. What do men actually want? And I explore this in season four. And um, a little bit of a disclaimer in season four, I was more blue pill beta type thinking when I did season four, but a lot of season four is still extremely valuable as is. You could kind of see season 31 to just kind of like be the updated version of season four. So if you watch season 31 playlist here on this YouTube channel, or listen to it on the podcast, or, uh, you know, please, please do season four as well. Do yourself a favor so you can get all of the information just in case. So, uh, so yeah, what do, what do men want? Well, they want a feminine, beautiful woman, but what does beauty actually mean? You know, you could be super pretty. You could have a fine ass and you got, you have nice tits, nice perky tits. You have a good face. You have super healthy hair. You have less than 20% body fat, uh, you know, uh, fantastic aesthetics, we'll say, to the point where, like, even if you're 40 years old, you still look great in a bikini, right? Okay, that is a default, a default requirement, default. But something that separates the, the women from the girls, you know, the high-value women, is uh, something more, and it's called humility, right? Humility. And humility plus being a pretty woman equals beauty. And a beautiful woman is way, way higher value than a pretty woman. Because, I mean, you can look at all those pretty women, right? You know, as like, uh, you know, like I was watching this uh, documentary called uh, Generation Wealth just recently. And uh, Casey Jordan, who was a porn star. And, uh, you know, in her youth, definitely a very pretty woman, but, you know, a very ugly woman, especially as, you know, she's on her knees sucking off like five or six guys at a time or 30 plus guys at a time. She even admitted getting salmonella during uh, like a bukkake uh, uh, scene that she did, etc. She also talked about how she had um, 10 different pregnancies and she was trying to keep the 10th one, but then that one didn't even survive because she wasn't taking care of herself, etc. It was just an absolute nightmare situation. And she finally retired with a crap ton of debt, at least quarter million to three quarters of a million in debt, even though she was making millions the previous year, etc. Huge problem, you know. 
I'm sure I'm sure her father was around to keep her off the stripper pole, right? You know, I'm sure that happened, right? It's on Amazon Prime. Check it out, Generation Wealth. It'll totally show you just how amazing our society really is as you watch these naked chicks at, at the, uh, you know, at uh, Magic City in Atlanta uh, strip club crawling on their knees, picking up dollar bills off the ground. Wow. Wow. We've just been reduced to cattle. What, what an amazing society we live in. It's so amazing, right? So men want feminine women. They want beautiful feminine women. Women want masculine men. And that's what the last episode was, is we define what masculinity looks like. And that is what is the most attractive to women. That is the absolute most attractive thing to a woman. Uh, the thing is, though, is that I have to state that while masculinity is not actually defined by women, it is ultimately defined by men, the feminine is also defined by men. The reason why is because men ultimately are the consumers of women. And as much as women believe they get to define for themselves if they are high value or not, it's actually the men who decide. I was watching a podcast recently about women who are claiming to be high value and everything that they said about what makes them a high value woman is based on their education and how much money they made. I started laughing so, so hard as I saw this obese woman talk about how she was a 10 out of 10 woman because she was a doctor. And I'm like, no, no, you're barely a three. I like, I, I would immediately reject you. Like, I would immediately reject you because I know your obesity is just proof that you're incapable of taking care of yourself or that you don't want to or that you're too entitled to take care of yourself, actually, which makes you unattractive and why you consistently have low quality men in your life because you a cheap woman who just happens to have a doctorate and while you're a cheap woman, you're giving yourself away to cheap men because that's all you can get. If only the mature feminine was around to give you advice, right, on how to be more feminine so you could actually be a beautiful woman so you can actually get for yourself a high value man. If only that existed, right? So the reality of the situation is, is that men ultimately define for themselves what is feminine and what is beautiful. Women don't get to decide what is beautiful. They don't. They really, really don't. So sorry to say this, ladies, but it's still a man's world. I don't care how much you complain about the patriarchy. I don't care how much you complain about how things are unfair from a gender standpoint. But men are ultimately the consumer of women, okay? Which means, you know, based on supply and demand, and you're the supply and you're the demand, the demand basically determines the price more so, especially since, you know, you guys, you women out there are content to collectively get keep the price low. And it's this race to the bottom where it's only literally 45 bucks an hour for pussy. And you also giving yourselves away super cheaply on Instagram and on OnlyFans at the same time. Great. Great. Thank you for cheapening your own gender. Thank you for reducing your own gender to nothing more than cattle. Thank you for reducing your gender, you know, <laughs> or at least... Providing concrete proof that your gender is literally a product, okay? That basically proves that women are objectifying themselves. Congratulations, you played yourself. Come on, wake up. 
Still a man's world. Don't believe me? You can go to Genesis chapter 2, where it says, you know, it, it talks about man being alone is not good. And then God, you know, fashioned Eve out of a rib, out, out of Adam, basically, right? So, you know, if you want to go, if you want to argue that, you know, it's not still a man's world, it is still a man's world, because guess what? Women were made for men, not the other way around. And that's one of the reasons why a woman is not attracted to a man who puts tribe above himself. And they are attracted to a man who puts self above tribe. Because when they do that, they are made for men, and men putting themselves first means that they are complement to men. That's reality. That's the truth. Oh, but Mr. C.S. Johnson, that's really sexist. Well, as Myron Gaines would say, reality is sexist. Biology is sexist. Mother nature is sexist. Get over yourselves. Women are sex objects. Men are success objects. That's reality. That's the thing. That's the truth. So stop complaining about sexism. It doesn't do you any good. Ladies, you got to ask yourself, you, you got to ask yourself this question like, what's more important? What's more important? Okay. So let, let me give you a scenario. Okay. I, there's, I was talking to a young INTJ 18 uh, year old recently. And she was telling me, um, she's actually the daughter of uh, a, a member uh, of, the, um, of the CSJ community. And I, I find this 18-year-old, uh, or maybe she's 17, she might be 17. I, I find her absolutely disgusting. I find her gross. She is a gross person. I, I don't like her at all. I don't value someone like her at all. She has the biggest uh, uh, FI child superiority complex you ever met. And you ever said, and I literally, and she's, she's like telling me about how great her career is going to be. And uh, she's going all of her way. She tells me about how sexist I am and how, um, and how misogynistic I am, et cetera, all those types of things. And I said, so are you ever going to become a mother? And she's like, well, no, I'll never become a mother. I'm going to have my fantastic career. I'm going to, I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to make a $300,000 a year and just do whatever I want. And I'm like, great. I am not here to tell you that you can't do that. I am not here to take away your career dreams and your travel dreams away from you. I'm not here to take that choice away from you, little miss INTJ feminist, because feminism is actually accentuated into INTJ women, and they are the worst at feminism of all of the types. I remember Andy Andrea telling me how not feminine she was, yet she was the most feminine person I've ever met in my entire life. LOL. My goodness. <laughs> Hypocrites. Hypocrites. But the point is, is that like, this INTJ is telling me all this, and I'm like, great, go ahead. But here's the thing, little miss INTJ, women have this problem where they change, and they change their mind. They change their mind constantly. You have a hormonal cycle in a 24-hour period, and a three-day period, and a weekly period, and a bi-weekly period, and a monthly cycle. And then you also change throughout the year, and you also change every few, few years with your life phases as well. Women are just not aware of how much they change consistently. And as a result of that change, it continues 
to be a thing. It continues to be a problem. So with all of that going down, it's like, okay, so what you're telling me is, is you're going to use all of your fertile years, the best years of your life that you could be producing healthy children, right? On your amazing $300,000 a year career that you're going to get. And I know she will. She's an INTJ. Of course she will. But then she's not going to end up like that NTJ executive who's 48 years old, incapable of producing children, and paying for a surrogate mother so she can actually finally have her dream of being a mother as a 48-year-old CEO of a company in this documentary, Generation Wealth, right? So you're telling me, little INTJ, that you're never going to change your mind in your whole life, right? Okay? See... I'm not here to say that women can't have careers. I'm not here to say that women have to be going out of their way, you know, to be pleasing men in this regard. No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that women need to be made aware that they change their minds. Women need to be made aware that when they're in their 30s and they're 35 years old and all of a sudden they see their friend who has a baby and they, are, they can't even have a baby anymore, they feel sad. They feel depressed. They end up killing themselves, right? As, you know, INTJ women end up doing often because SI demon consumes them from the inside out, right? So... That could be a problem. Some of the audience said, uh, you sound butthurt, just let them live their life. I am letting them live their life. But I also, it is my responsibility to warn them of their dark future because it is written. If any man knows what good he ought to do, but does not do it, he sins. That's not going to be me. So if I can use my expert intuition hero and look into their future and see their future, I'm going to tell them what their future is. And I'm going to give them their little prophecy. Be like, hey, you're going to end up finding that high value man one day, but then you ain't going to be able to have children with him and he's going to reject you. The one thing you fear the most, little INTJ, 17-year-old girl, you just don't know that'll happen. Because you got your whole life planned right in front of you. How many times have you heard of NJ women talking about how they have their whole life planned and then all of a sudden some guy comes in their life and they completely throw all their plans aside for that guy? Oh, look, more proof that women were made for men, not the other way around. And this is why men, they have to live their life according to this. Men, to be a masculine man, she is living your life you are not living her life, okay? That's an example of you putting self above tribe. No one else is more important than you. You are the son of your solar system. It is your picture frame. She is in your picture frame. You are not in hers. She is in your life. You are not in hers. That's what she wants anyway. That's how she's going to respect you. She may tell you that's not what she wants. She may ask you to worship her. But as soon as you start doing that, she will lose respect for you. And then she will cheat on you. It's called hypergamy. We've already discussed that plenty in season 31. That's reality. All right? Men are the consumers of women, after all. Not the other way around. Women don't consume men. Men consume women. That's just how it works. Here's another example. 
It's a myth that women reject men more than men reject women. Actually, men reject women more. They're like... When I walk around town and I see obese women compared to the women who are not obese, which one am I is going to get my attention, right? Or which one's going to get my passion, right? Who am I actually going to want to interact with more, right? That choice that I make in a split second as a man, and all men make that choice, is automatically a rejection. Just because of who I choose to interact with as a person defines whether or not I'm rejecting them. A woman is not necessarily sure she's going to reject a man because, for example, a man can look at a woman and within three to five seconds, he knows if he wants to have sex with her. It's that fast. But for a woman, it could take up to 12 hours before she makes that decision or sooner, depending on how high value of a man it is. Sometimes it'd be two to four hours, but it takes a while. That alone proves that men reject women more then women reject men. Again, still a man's world. Sorry, it's still a man's world. Sorry, that's reality, and reality is sexist. Get over yourselves, okay? So, again, what do, what do men really want from a woman? Job, career, money, you know? No, no, no. First things first, men want a feminine woman. And half of what cons what means a feminine woman, well, first, the default is she's got to be a pretty woman, you know. For example, what you can ask you can ask anyone, what is a feminine shape? Well, guess what? That's an hourglass-shaped woman, you know, with good hip-to-waist ratio, right? That's a pretty woman. I, it's funny because I actually saw a very attractive woman who was actually, she's actually pretty big, but she had an amazing hip-to-waist ratio recently. And she was pretty attractive. And I was like, wow, that's really surprising, you know? But yeah, hip-to-waist ratio actually matters as I'm constantly self-analyzing myself and anything and everything that I do on a consistent daily basis. Yes, that is a thing. You know, some examples of a pretty woman, fine ass, fine hair, nice tits, a gap between their legs, for example, tightness between the legs, low body count, meaning they're as close to a virgin, if not actually being a virgin as possible. A virgin is the highest value woman, and a submissive virgin is the absolute highest value woman to a man. This is the ideal woman. If you don't agree with me, or if you think that's sexist or misogynist, oh well, it's truth. It's reality. Get over it. You know, like, look, if you're if you're a woman as like a 40 to 48 year old can't look great in a bikini. She's a low-value woman, technically speaking. This is, again, this is it. Sexual market value matters, folks. And ladies, you got to be aware of that. You can't just, you know, consolidate on a man and get your ring, you know, and then stop performing. You can't have low-frequency sex. You can't have that spider monkey sex that you used to have when you were dating. That can't stop either. I mean, you know, because if your man is a high-value man, he's not going to put up with that. Because if he leaves your home hungry and horny, the hoe down the street has a pie ready for him and her legs are open. You know, and this is why, you know, uh, just like Myron Gaines would say, men need to stop chasing women. They need to start replacing them. That's the truth. That's, that's a fact. Okay? And that's what's going to happen. You need to be a feminine woman. You need to be a beautiful woman. And if you're not a pretty woman, well, that's your own fault. 
But, you know, I understand. I understand that the mature feminine isn't really here to help you, ladies. So I'm going to help you right now. I'm going to help you right now. Here's a great thing that you can do. Download my fitness pal. Get the $60 a year premium account, okay? Track your food using the barcode scanner and find out what you actually eat. Make sure you are eating organic and non-GMO foods, low glycemic if possible. As, and make sure you're eating your food that way. Food comes first. Also, when you're walking, get at least 10,000 steps a day, preferably 15,000 steps a day. And then, uh, you know, go to Legion Athletics Macronutrient Calculator. Put in your information, put in your age, your height, your gender. Tell the calculator to automatically assume you're getting in zero exercise, zero exercise per week. I don't care if you're going to the gym five times a week. Tell it that you're getting zero exercise and then put it on uh, some fat loss or light fat loss. So it's like half a pound to a pound a week of loss and it will tell you what you should be eating every week. And then you program that in the goal section of your MyFitnessPal app. And then you barcode scan, make sure you meet your protein goal. Whether or not you meet your fat or carb goal, that's up to you. I mean, honestly, just meet your protein goal. That's the bare minimum. Don't go above your calories for the day. Meet your protein goal. Whatever you for fat and carbs, I don't care. And get your 10,000 steps in a day. And I promise you, within every single week after that, you're going to lose a pound of fat off your body. And guess what? If you want to guarantee that you're only losing fat, go to the gym twice a week at least. One day for lower body and another day for upper body. And that's it. And then your muscles will be needing to regrow from that and you're going to drop fat super quick. It's not that hard. But if you're too lazy and too self-neglectful to at least do the bare minimum, and that's the bare minimum, to, to take care of yourself, what the hell? I mean, besides, if you don't do this, having higher fat on your body means you have higher estrogen, which means you're more likely to get cancer, which means you're more likely to be a financial burden on me with all of your health problems anyway. More likely that you have PCOS and incapable of producing children, for example, you see. So get it in your heads. If you're not a pretty woman, you're a low-value woman. But it's very easy to increase your value as a woman and become the pretty woman. It's very easy. It just requires work. That's it. Work. And if you just do what I just told you, you're guaranteed an outcome. You're guaranteed a good outcome. That's all it takes. It's not hard. Don't believe me? Watch Dr. Eric Berg. Watch Thomas DeLauer. Watch Jeff Nippard. Watch Greg O'Gallagher. Okay, all these guys at the same time and get educated. If you can't put in the effort to get yourself educated, that's your own fault. That's your own fault. Why can't you do that? Have some self-respect. Ladies, have some self-respect. Besides, you should be pressuring through peer pressure fellow women to do this. Stop setting your ass in the break room, you know, and someone brings in all this candy or someone brings in all this chocolate cake. And then you guys are enabling each other on this race to the bottom, eating all this chocolate cake and whatnot, you know, or all these candy and whatnot. Gosh, the break room at my wife's job was like the most horrible thing I've ever seen in my life. There's like Hershey's Kisses, there's M&M's, all these things. And the majority of the people, the majority gender, 9 out of 10 people that worked where she worked were women. 
And they'd constantly sit there and bitch about their husbands and bitch about their boyfriends while they're chowing down on Hershey's kisses. Really? Really? What they should be doing is challenging each other and be like, hey, you know, you probably shouldn't be so obese because you're giving yourself away cheaply and you're cheapening the rest of us. So women you should be peer pressuring each other into improving themselves instead of just having this attitude of, oh, I'm just going to lie to her because I don't want to hurt her feelings at all. I really don't want to hurt her feelings because, you know, if, if, if being fat and obese or eating M&Ms is really what makes her happy, that's okay. She should be happy. Okay, yeah, sure. Except for the fact that that woman being obese makes life worse for the rest of you. So it doesn't happen with men. Because men will tell each other the straight up truth. And as iron and, and it is written, as iron sharpens iron, so does one man to another. That's a fact. As iron sharpens iron, so does one man to another. So women, y'all enable each other like you enable your children. How about you enable each other correctly? But you know, your daddy's not around to tell you that you're obese. That's the problem. A pretty woman looks feminine and pleasing to the eye to a man. It's why women are inherently sex objects. Men want to have sex because it is as if they are test driving a vehicle that will be servicing his children, his legacy. I need to know that those tits are in great working order. I need to know that that womb is in great working order. I need to know that all the fat is in the right places so that when she is breastfeeding, she is able to provide the best nutrients and the best health experience for my children. That's what it's really about. That's why men care about sex a lot because it is wired into our biology to have a legacy in children. And having sex is literally us basically doing a maintenance inspection on what is going to be servicing our children. It's not hard. That's why. Biologically, that's why. Stop shitting on men for wanting to have sex. There is a reason for it. Men don't shit on you for, you know, expecting us to be successful because obviously you want to have a safe, secure environment where you can produce and raise your children and know that you don't have to go worry about going out in the wild and hunting for food. Maybe you should show some gratitude. That would be nice. A pretty woman, this is just the pretty side, a pretty woman proves to a man that she is healthy and able to take care of herself, which proves to him that she can care for him and his children. An obese woman does not, like, I don't feel, I do not feel secure at all, at all. Putting a baby in an obese woman who is unhealthy, who is incapable of taking care of herself, because I know for sure she is not going to be respectful to me because she doesn't respect herself. She's not going to be able to take care of me or my child or children because she can't even take care of herself. And men understand this. This is why men reject women more than women reject men. This is a fact. This is reality. You can't get away from this. Okay? Understand. It's the truth. It's proof. It's proof. 
if you can take care of yourself and show yourself physically to be feminine, that's you literally proving your worth. Remember, men, we don't start out valuable. We're the disposable sex, right? We're cheap, right? Men are cheap. So because we're so cheap, we have to create value for ourselves in life. Women are born with value automatically, intrinsically, innately, automatically born with value. But the problem is, is that Mother Nature may give you that value, but Father Time will take it away. And a woman must be working hard from the moment she bleeds to the moment she dies to preserve that value. Because it is very easy for a woman to lose that value, especially when her innate inborn solipsism is being enabled by society enabled by the fact that her daddy ain't around to tell her that she's a fat hoe literally you know it's a form of delusion women are being conditioned to being delusional i was watching a show earlier today actually about this calculator that shows how women are delusional based on their expectations for men. It asks, how much money do you want your ideal man to make? How tall is he? Uh, is he married uh, or not? Yes or no? Uh, is, he, um, is he obese, etc.? They go through all these different factors and uh, they put it in there. And it also asks them, like, what race do you want? So one girl's like, hey, you know, I, I only want black men. He's got uh, to make $300,000. He can't be married. He, he can't be obese. He's got to be fit, etc. And then, and then, like, the calculator did it using U.S. Uh, Census Bureau statistics. And it's like, that is 0.025% of men. You are delusional. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Pretty high standard, right? But she said, well, I already make $200,000 a year, you know, because she's got an OnlyFans account, right? You know, because she's shaking her ass, kind of like those Asaris in Mass Effect, right? <laughs> you know, Asari who are technically parasitic by nature, if you think about it. So the first half, the first half of a feminine woman is the pretty woman. That's the pretty woman, okay? And the second half, the second half, the second half of what makes uh, a woman beautiful, which is far more controversial than the first, far more controversial. You know, people are like, oh, you're just a fat, shaming, misogynistic, sexist asshole, Mr. C.S. Joseph. And it's like, okay, sure, sure. Everyone calls me that. I heard that, heard that a lot. Hear that all the time, you know, but, uh, but you know, you think, you think what I just said was pretty bad? Wait till you get a load of this. Wait till you get a load of the other part of the spectrum that, you know, women are supposed to be, you know, providing to prove their worth, right? To be feminine, after all, you know? Because we already explained what uh, requires, you know, men to be masculine is to put self above tribe and ultimately create value, you know? Well, women gotta put tribe above self, right? How does that happen? So the second half is humility. Humility is also known as the submissive woman. Should women submit to all men? Question mark. The ideal woman is a beautiful woman who is very pretty, who takes care of herself, but is also very submissive and a virgin, ultimately a virgin, right? 
So pretty women who are arrogant are not high value to a man. It proves they can't take care of themselves. Although you look at uh, ugly women though, like obese women, for example, obese women or women who don't take care of themselves, guess what? You know, they actually do end up learning humility because the pain in their life, the pain of being constantly rejected by men because they are not doing the default of at least being pretty, right? Well, they actually can be pretty humble. However, they ugly. Ugly women who are humble are also not high value to a man because it proves they can't grow. They can't put themselves above, they, it proves that they put themselves above their man and potentially their children. Because all women are born with this innate entitlement known as solipsism. And I will define what solipsism looks like using a practical example right now. It's all about managing expectations. Men have expectations for themselves and expectations for their women. But men do not enforce expectations on their women until they have first enforced that expectation on themselves. Women are the opposite. They have expectations for themselves and they have expectations on their men. Women will enforce expectations on their men first before enforcing expectations on themselves. Because from their point of view, they're not gonna bother enforcing expectations on themselves until their man does it first. That is what solipsism is. That is innate, inborn, ingrained. The second they are conscious, they are more entitled and more selfish by nature than men. It's important to have that because biologically it ensures the survival of our race and it keeps natural selection going. It's really important because that means men have to continue to create value. And as long as women are not giving themselves away cheaply, it guarantees the survival of our race because women are ultimately the arbiters of natural selection. So solipsism is actually a good thing, except for when it's out of control, which it is out of control in Western society. It's completely out of control because you have all of these arrogant women everywhere who are just insanely ugly to men. Let me share with you an interesting observation that I have. I've been coaching a very long time with my coaching practice when it comes uh, to people. I write down notes on all my clients. I write down their age, their location, their gender, etc., their marital status, how many children they have, I take in all of that information, right? And I put it into a really large spreadsheet and it allows me to run little reports against that spreadsheet, especially since I have coached thousands of people in my practice now, literally thousands of people since I started at 28 years old till now, and I'm 34 years old now, I have about six years worth of data in my coaching practice alone, not counting all of the other things that have been collected from other coaches on my staff, as well as conversations and uh, other statistics that we've been able to gather elsewhere, especially stuff that's officially been posted by Myers-Briggs Type Indicator and other people within the field. You will notice a pattern when it comes to parents of children, something that I have noticed. I've noticed that the most common parents, the most common mothers 
of children out there just happen to be the most feminine of all of the types. We talk about the most feminine of the types, for example, being SFJ women. SFJ women, sure, you can argue that they're, you know, more common and because of that, they're more likely to be more mothers. Yes, but at the same time, they're also the most feminine of all the women. Therefore, men in general seek them out the most and are more likely to make them mothers than not mothers. What do all SFJ women have in common with being the most feminine from a personality point of view? Oh, yeah, that's right. They're hella submissive. You see? Look. Being pretty, you know, getting that MyFitnessPal, getting your steps in, lifting twice a week, getting your fat loss, getting below 20% body fat and whatnot, you know, doing that, taking care of yourself, eating organic, non-GMO foods, those types of things. You think that's really hard? Guess what? That's the easy part. Being pretty is easy, but it doesn't last long. Humility is hard, especially, you know, when a woman is born to put self above tribe. That's really hard. It's really hard. Show me a humble woman. Show me a humble woman. Can you? You know what's really interesting about you know being a pretty woman? If a woman isn't pretty, it takes a lot of humility for her to actually go to the gym because she's admitting that she's substandard. She's admitting that she's not high value. She's not buying into the enabling bullshit of other women in her life, which are technically her comp competition. And to reduce competition for them to get the men they want, they need to keep conditioning their fellow women to thinking that it's okay, you're beautiful, if you're obese, it's okay to keep them obese because they know what men want anyway and they want to keep eliminating the competition. Ladies, why are you listening and taking advice from your competition? Why? Have you ever thought of that? My wife, for example, um, she was a victim of this constantly, an absolute victim of this. Uh, she would listen to women in her life who were a lot healthier than her, uh, who were um, who had a lot less body fat, who, who who were prettier than her. They were they were prettier than her. Um, uh, a lot of them were Russian. Some of them were also uh, from her family, and some of them were also girls from her school and girls at her job. And they'd always tell her, oh, yeah, you know, get a bigger ass, you know, get bigger thighs, get bigger this. And then she'd, she'd do it. She'd actually do it. She'd actually, like, make herself fatter because she was listening to all these women in her life. And her dad would look at her and point out and point his finger at her and say, wow, nice to see you came home, thunder thighs, and start making fun of her. He would start mocking her for how big she got. If you even go on her Facebook right now, you can see photos of that. You see photos of how she was. Wow. That's how she was. She ain't that way now. Now she's 120 pounds. She went from 170 pounds to 120 pounds in five months as a result of combining keto and breastfeeding and managing all of her food properly. And she maybe lifts twice a week and doesn't exactly get in her steps in the day. Wow. See how easy it is, right? Pretty is easy, right? Pretty is easy, right? You know, now she ain't thunder thighs anymore. She's got a lot more confidence. She's got that zip, she's got that kick in her walk. You know what I'm saying? She feels more feminine, which is really important for an ESTP woman to feel because of how masculine they are. So all the women in her life literally sabotaged her. 
and it had to take the men in her life to point it out. Again, more evidence as to why, you know, fathers are important. Like, it's not hard. It's not hard. So, female solipsism, you know, ultimately is what leads to, you know, the pluralistic sexual strategy known as hypergamy, where they separate men into two groups, men who provide alpha seed and men who provide beta need, right? Alpha seed, those are the, the very fit men, the men who treat them like crap, sometimes maybe even slap them around, expect the women to pay for everything, expect the women to serve them, worship them. And if they don't, they'll find another woman who does. They will not chase the women, they will replace her right away. And he's fit, and he just lives his wife, life and does whatever he wants. And ultimately, she respects a man like that. The beta man provides beta provisioning, provides parental investment, provides security, right? Prosperity, those kinds of things, right? The problem is a woman can provide her own provisioning these days, so beta men are not really attractive. This is why 10 to 20% of men are banging all the women out there, and the other 80% of men are not. Most women think men are having a lot of sex in general. No, they aren't. Actually, only 2 out of 10 men are actually having sex. And I actually explained in a video that hasn't released yet, but is about to release real soon, about how polyamory, for example, is going to be the new beta living for men. Men who are polyamorous are beta, and the alpha men are going to be polygamous. The bottom line is that society is going to be poly, and it will be poly within the next five to ten years, especially when alpha generation, which alpha generation is just, just now becoming uh, sexually active, Okay, and they're going to realize that how their parents lived their life and their parents and their parents, and their parents is complete but utter bullshit. And they're not going to do the nuclear family anymore. And they're all going to go poly. Roald Tomasi talks about in his books, he talks about open hypergamy being a problem right now. But pretty soon it'll be open cuckoldry and open cuckoldry is polyamory. But the alpha men will be polygamous. One man with a bunch of women and all those women will not be allowed to have sex with other men except him. And then all the beta men out there will just be poly and share their women, etc. It'll be kind of like the reverse arrangement, you see? That is our future, our immediate future. Make no mistake, it's coming. And that video is about to drop soon where you guys will be able to learn more about that. It's pretty scary, pretty terrifying, but that's reality. So... Women can gather up resources for themselves in terms of their careers in modern society. So they're no longer sexually attracted to their beta need side of their hypergamy. They're only attracted to the alphas. And pretty soon they're going to figure out they're going to have to share the alphas. Because that's the only way. Because a high value man will always exercise his sexual options. Always. And he won't ever allow himself to be pinned down. And if he does commit to having a ring with you, that's with, yeah, I'll wear a ring, and you're going to wear a ring, but I'm also going to screw other girls on the side, and I might make them wives and mothers of my children too, and you're just going to have to get over yourself. Don't believe that? Read the book The Red Tent. explains how that works, especially when you have the INTJ Bhagavan uh, Doc Antle, who was in uh, you know, uh, the Tiger King uh, documentary. He's got his own harem of girls and whatnot. They don't see anything wrong with it, right? 
It's because biologically, women were kind of made for that because women were made for men. So women ultimately, especially in Western society, especially if, since they can bring in a lot of money in their own provisioning, they prefer alpha seed more often in their lives. And you know that's why they have higher preference for alpha men. And we've discussed this many times. So, but let's talk about burden. Let's talk about burden of performance. Let's talk about that. So men have this thing called the male burden of performance. It's basically where they have continuous improvement and that's what proves their masculinity. We talked about this in the last episode and maybe the episode before that for, in terms of season 30, uh, and, and this is season 31. And I think that was episode five and six. Where we talked about how continuous improvement is ultimately what proves a man's masculinity. If he is not continuously improving, his woman is going to lose respect for him and then she's going to want to cheat on him and have sex with another man because she's always trying to optimize the best because... There's this thing about hypergamy where she always asks herself the question, can I do better? And if you stop continuously improving, if you as a man stop creating value, she automatically knows that she can do better and she will go find that man and she will screw him behind your back. This is why women's sexuality is controlled in society and by religion. Because, you know, up until recent modern times, we only just recently, as a race, gotten the technology to prove paternity. Because, you know, a woman's greatest fear is her getting raped and sexually assaulted. The same pain that a woman feels when she's sexually assaulted is the same pain that a man feels when he finds out that his child doesn't belong to him. That's how you rape a man. That's why they have such violent reactions to that. The male burden of performance is continuous improvement, and that's what proves masculinity. This is actually proven in the Bible. I think it's Genesis chapter 4, maybe 5. Quote, or it is written, Cursed is the ground because of you, Adam, and by the sweat of your brow you will eat of it for the rest of your life, and it will produce thistles and thorns for you, and then you will die. That is the curse or the burden of male performance. Men have to continuously improve in order to prove their masculinity. Because Adam did not prove his masculinity when he put Eve on a pedestal because Eve cucked him. She cucked Adam, supposedly her husband, right? Cucked him by having sex with the serpent, lost her virginity to the serpent. And then she seduced Adam and Adam should have been a man and rejected her. He should have rejected her, but he didn't. He put her on a pedestal and says, well, I love you anyway, like the beta male cuck that he is. And that pissed off God the creator. So God cursed him with the male of burden of performance. Why? Because that means men have to prove their masculinity to their creator consistently forever. That's why. I've asked this before in the last episode. How would any self-respecting woman submit to a man who cannot submit to himself first? It's obvious. Guys, it's obvious. The idea of submission itself is what separates the women from the girls. It is the mostly highly valued trait a man seeks in a woman because it completes her beauty. It is the complete 
ness of beauty. And this literally creates the female burden of submission. So a man's burden of performance is continuous improvement proves masculinity. But the female burden or the female curse of submission is continuous humility proves femininity and high value. Continuous humility. That's it. Don't believe me? Don't believe me? Guess what? Let's examine what God said to Eve according to the, the, the story in the book of Genesis. Let's, let's confirm what she said. And he says, quote, Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. There you have it, folks. Continuous humility proves femininity. I don't care if you don't think the Bible is true. I don't care if you don't think Genesis is true. I don't care. It doesn't matter if it's true or false. I don't care if the Bible is true or false. All I am using it here as it is a great example, symbolically, metaphorically speaking, of how masculine and feminine relationships actually work. And you need to pay attention to this. Because if you as a woman actually want to be happy in this life, you probably should be providing these things. Because don't forget, women were made for men, not the other way around. Which means your happiness as a woman ultimately is tied to whether or not you can be happy with a man or a man is happy with you. Don't believe me? Ask the cat moms, ask the dog moms, ask the childless spinsters, ask them. You know, most of them are INTJs, funny. Most of them are INTJ women, most of them are ENTJ women, super emasculating, <laughs> you know, and a submissive woman, she ain't emasculating. You think a man's gonna stick around for that? You think a high value man's gonna stick around for that? I don't think so. You're deluding yourselves. You know what the hell you're talking about. It's pretty obvious. Who is more valuable? The woman who submits or the woman who doesn't? Who's more valuable? Look, pretty girls who don't submit are ugly girls. That's a fact. Girls who don't submit also harm other girls because they're all enabling each other to be hoes. They're all enabling each other to have their only fans because they're reducing their competition. The, hey, if I can support other girls to, you know, have more OnlyFans, that means I'm more likely to get higher value men while everyone, while all the men out there knows they hoes. And at least OnlyFans also exposes who the simps are and who the beta males are. And hey, you know, if I see someone following me on, on, on OnlyFans, that means he's automatically low value man, which it's true. Automatic low value man. If you follow a woman on OnlyFans. You're automatically low value. She's never gonna have sex with you. No. And no woman would have sex with you. She knew you were simping like that. No woman would, no self-respecting woman would because she sees you submitting to other women and not submitting to yourself. That's a problem. It's like the spirit of Jezebel, which is feminism, by the way, if you know what that means. Girls who don't submit harm other girls. Remember the HOA example, okay? HOA, the Homeowners Association in a neighborhood, forces everyone to park their cars a certain way, cut the grass a certain way, have their fencing done a certain way. 
have the Christmas lights done a certain way because it keeps the value of the entire neighborhood up. But if one person doesn't follow the rules, they are severely punished by the HOA and fined by the HOA because they are reducing the value of the entire neighborhood. Women, that's how you need to see your gender. Your gender is the entire neighborhood. And if you are allowing other women to be on the stripper poles, to be sex workers, to be on OnlyFans, you know, to be sending nudes and DMs, for example, lacking self-respect, not taking care of yourselves, allowing yourselves to get obese, if you're allowing yourselves to do these things, you are cheapening your gender. You're reducing the value of women in general. It is absolutely pathetic that I can go get a whore right now for 45 bucks an hour and screw her with absolutely zero strings attached because that is literally your value of your gender in general. That's pathetic. Women are sex objects. Don't forget. And the fact that you got you, know, you all are okay with this and enabling each other to do this is a huge problem. Maybe y'all should grow up. Maybe y'all should have actually listened to your daddies for once. Huh? What, what would happen if you went up and asked your dad straight up, Hey, dad, do you think I'm a hoe? What would he say? Dad, do you think I'm beautiful? Dad, do you think I'm pretty? Dad, do you think I'm submissive? Dad, do you think I'm respectful? Imagine the kind of humility required for a woman in Western society to even go to her father and ask that question to begin with. Hmm? If you can't ask that question, well, you might have a humility problem. You ever thought about that? Hmm? What if, what if you were to ask your husband that? Hmm? What if? You know, women that I've had sexual relationships in my life, it's funny, like all of them lied to me about how many men they screwed in the past, they all lied. And I found out through the grapevine over time who they actually slept with and how many people it was. Yeah, it sucks. It really sucks. They all lying. You know, why you always lying? I love that song, you know what I'm saying? The mature feminine needs women to submit. Submit to the mature feminine. And ultimately also submit to their father. I don't care if your father's not around. I don't care if he treats you poorly. You already desire the alpha men who are going to treat you poorly anyway. So get over yourselves. There's nothing wrong with you calling up your dad and asking you the straight up dad questions, asking him these questions. I wonder what he'd say to you. I wonder if your, your, little, your little ego with your ego investments could actually handle it, huh? I wonder. Like, seriously. Seriously. Someone in the audience says, someone asked Chase if he supports the Taliban. I don't care about the Taliban. They ain't relevant to me. I don't care about the Taliban. Like, seriously, once again, the Taliban or the Mujahideen is able to defeat the greatest military power on the planet. And it just shows you that a couple of guys in the mountains with some small arms can actually, you know, take down a nuclear power. It's, it's pathetic if you think about it. And also kind of interesting because it really gives hope to all the people out there that will ultimately be having rebellions because of how stupid everyone's governments are starting to behave right now. You might want to think about that. So the mature feminine ultimately needs women to be willing to submit and submit to the mature feminine because 
men know that if women are able to submit to the mature feminine, and as much as women are able to submit to their fathers, that means and that proves that those women can submit to them. Right? Submission to the HOA of the mature feminine proves tribe above self, and it proves humility. This is why women who are involved with the mature feminine are far more attractive, and they are higher value, and they are sought after men, and ultimately, they're the women who end up being able to have the honor of becoming mothers, and the honor of having high value men that they're actually attracted to, that those men are tall, and those men make a lot of money, and those men aren't obese, and those men are the top 1% of men who provide both alpha and beta traits simultaneously. They are the ideal man. And the women who submit to the mature feminine ultimately become the ideal woman. This is why women slut shame each other, right? Because slut shaming used to be, why the hell are you not a virgin? Because the virgin was the ideal woman still is. Look, ladies, humility is the key to opening a man's heart because it's tethered to masculine idealism. In the same way that you're born with solipsism, men are born with masculine idealism. Humility is necessary for a woman to realize she is ultimately a product with supply and demand. Like, why? You want proof of that? Virgins have the lowest supply and the highest demand. That proves I'm correct. Get over it. Imagine you're 32 years old, childless, not married, and have a physical condition that may prohibit you from conceiving and carrying a child. And in your 20s, when you're all focused on your career, you didn't think about being a mother. You didn't want to be a mother. But now you're 32, you have the man of your dreams or a great man finally in your life, and you're hoping that he wants to marry you, but you can't even produce children because you neglected your feminine side your whole life and you wasted your fertility years. Great. Great. You know, and a high value man always, you know, exercises sexual options, right? And if she's not able to produce children for him, well, he's gonna have to get an additional woman and make her the mother of his children. Now, isn't he? And I wonder if that woman who can't produce children who's 32 will move on to another man or if she'll stay. I wonder. But if he's any self-respecting masculine man, he's going to get an additional woman who can produce children for him. And then his first woman will have to decide whether to stay or go. Because that's the reality, folks. And that's also, collectively, our societal future in the next five to ten years. Maybe sooner. Maybe three years. You might want to pay attention to that. Are you as a woman humble enough to even allow your high value man to have sexual relationships in addition to your sexual relationship with him? See, that's the ultimate proof of humility. That's the ultimate proof of humility. If you're so humble that you can allow your man to have sex and children with other women in addition to you, that's the ultimate proof of humility. I know most women in Western society can't accept that, but pretty soon they're not gonna have a choice. That's our future. That's our future, it's coming. Don't believe me? Read books like Sex at Dawn. Read books like The Red Tent. Read that. 
I actually have an episode about to release probably this week specifically about Sex at Dawn when compared to the book The Red Tent. And these are books that we have women in our women's group actually read. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty scary. What's coming? It's coming. Are you as a woman humble enough to even allow your high value man to have sexual relationships in addition to yours with him? Or will you expect your high value man who has yet to put a ring on your finger to pay full price for a car that has high mileage because you have 30 to 50 sex partners before him? Is that, is that what you're going to expect of him? Look, folks, ladies, this is the ultimate show of humility. If you pick the former and not the latter, it is not like you're a virgin anyway. It's not like you're a virgin. You see, you know, a virgin, a virgin could potentially have those super high monogamous expectations, right? Because she's submitted to the mature feminine all along, but you didn't. You might want to think about that. You might want to think about that. You know, especially as you get older and you realize all of a sudden that your looks can't compete with younger women anymore because men typically want hotter, younger girls all the time. You might want to think about that. This is why in the Bible it says, quote, or it is written, remember the wife of your youth and may her breasts always satisfy you. I want to consider that. Why is that there? Why is that there? Did Solomon say that? Did the wisest man who, who walked the earth say that? I wonder why the wisest man who walked the earth said that. Hmm, hmm, maybe, hmm. You know, speaking of the wisest man, even the wisest man in history, you know, King Solomon, he's also the richest man in history. Did you know that just his gold holdings alone, just his gold, not anything else, was worth $2 trillion in today's money? $2 trillion. Just his gold, not everything else he owned, just his gold. He also had a 1,000 woman harem. Well, where did that harem come from? You know, the wisest man in history, he figured this out super quick with his desert flower. His desert flower was his one true love. It was this really exotic woman that he met in the desert. She had really dark skin. And back then in those days, women with super light skin were the most desired women. And he went and he found his desert flower, his first wife, his first queen, the wife of his youth, right? But, you know, she still betrayed him. Her hypergamy still betrayed him. Her solipsism still betrayed him. And this is proven in Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 6, where she disrespects him and makes him feel unwanted and not valued. So he's like, okay. You arrogant. Okay, you're not submitting. So I ain't going to chase you. I'm going to replace you. And then boom, 1,000 woman harem. That was his response. Because at first he believed in the soulmate myth. He believed that there is a such thing as the one. But when she betrayed him that way, when she chose not to submit to him, he humbled her by getting a 1,000 woman harem. That's a fact. That's history. Pay attention. Pay attention. You know, if you surrendered yourself to the tribe of the mature feminine towards earlier times in your life, girls, then you wouldn't have had a bad deal. You probably would have been happy. You know, if you had focused on purity and, you know, 
trying to reduce the amount of sex partners that you had and actually like have a baby in your fertile years, which can be an amazing experience for most women out there. The problem is, is like NI user women, for example, see children as this, this burden that takes away their freedom of choice to which I just laugh at them. And I'm like, look, I take my baby everywhere. In fact, I went to the movie theater last night and I watched Ryan Reynolds uh, movie free guy. I also went to the movie theater the week before that and saw Jungle Cruise with my children. And guess what, folks? I had my five-month baby with me in the movie theater. If you actually know what you're doing, you can do that. In fact, my oldest son, who's 10, he's an INFJ, I had him and I watched the first Avengers film on opening night in the theater and it was packed and I still pulled it off with an infant. If you really think that having children is something that inhibits your life, you're out of your mind. The only real limitation is that you can't take them in a 21 and over bar. But wait, you're married or you're a mother with children. Why go to the bar anyway? You see what I'm saying? Pay attention. Humble yourself. So this brings me to one of my final points. This brings me to one of my high, my, okay, yeah, Demi, Demi Bernice, folks, she's in the chat right now. She is an INTJ. She said, quote, that's exactly how I see children. Children is going to be removing my choice, right? But here's the thing. If you're with a high value man who lives his life, a high-value man is not going to allow his baby to get in the way of him living his life. So what business do you have getting afraid that your choice is going to get taken away? Because if you'd been focused on your value as a woman from the beginning, knowing full well that because you got the highest pretty standards, the highest humility standards, the highest beauty, and you're a virgin, if you knew that all the time, that would guarantee that you would be getting a high-value man. And as a result, he's not going to allow his baby to get in the way of living his life. Because remember, you are in his life. He is not in your life. But because he's a high-value man, no one, including you and including your children, is going to get in the way of him living his life. Okay? That's how you should see it. That's how it should be seen by the mature feminine. But for some reason, oh, no, we can't do that. We just have to enable women to think in this one way because society needs to use women as a product, as a carrot to dangle in front of men earth in order to control men's effort by controlling women's sexuality and then pull society forward for society's own selfish gain at the detriment of all of the genders. Yay! That's effective. That's effective. ridiculous that's what that is folks yeah submission can be scary but it's scary to a person who is solipsistic submission is scary to a person who is born to put self above tribe anyway S tribe above self which is proof of femininity is a learned behavior it is not a default behavior for women but guess what the rewards of submission outweigh the risks don't believe me Again, watch Generation Wealth on Amazon Prime. 
okay? And tell me that life is what you want for your daughter. Tell me. Tell me that's what you want for her, right? Right? You do realize that if you're shaking your ass on a stripper pole, you got an OnlyFans, your daughter's going to do it too, right? Mother of the year. Wow. Wow. And you, and you want to pretend that you're high value? <laughs> yeah, right. So, should women submit to all men? Hell no. And that's obvious. They should, however, submit to the mature feminine in preparation to submit to their one high value man. And he should be the only man in her life. Period. End of story. And this goes quadruple for you INTJ women out there, the most feminist of all the types, with your FI child superiority God complex, you know, superiority complex, with your, with your anti-hero mud choice, with, with your TE parent mud achievements, putting your business and your career above motherhood, and then such that you'll end up a spinster, dog mom, cat mom. You, most of all, carry that risk. And you'll see ENTPs, high-value ENTPs, just reject you because they know that while you have a nice external aesthetic, you're an ugly person on the inside because you're incapable of submitting. Reminds me of like, oh yeah, that's right, almost every ex-girlfriend that I've had that were NJs, and that reminds me of every INTJ ex I've ever had. Hmm. Is it any wonder that I'm married to an ESTP and have a baby with her and not you? Is it any wonder? Hmm. Society, folks, is failing. And even the solipsistic women will end up running to the low-value men for help. And guess what? They will reject them. They will reject them. Don't believe me? It's especially going to happen with the high-value man. They're going to run to the high-value man. Already 10 to 20% of men are the ones having sex. So 2 out of 10 men are banging all the chicks right now. The other 8 out of 10 men aren't. They aren't. And then they're going to run to the high-value man for help. And guess what? He's going to reject her. Don't believe me? Then pay attention to the words of Jesus Christ when he talks about the parable of the ten virgins. And he walks away with five virgins and rejects the other five virgins. Guess what? That's a prophecy for this very age. Right now. Today. Don't believe me? Folks, we have pestilence, right? COVID-19. We have famine. There's food shortages right now. I am limited as to what I can buy in Costco right now, for example. Sacks of rice, I can only take one. I can't buy as many as I want. You see what I'm saying? There's food shortages. There is famine. Look at famine. Look it up, okay? There is hyperinflation right now. That's a big problem. Hyperinflation. The dollar continues to lose its value. 34% of every dollar printed in the history of the dollar's existence was printed in 2020 alone, which means it lost 34% of its buying power in 2020, and we're still printing, and guess what? 2021 is already halfway over. Do you think it's going to get better? No, it's going to get worse. And who are all of these career, you know, uh, as Kevin Samuels would say, um, PhD walkers, degree walkers, you know, who are they going to run to when there's no food on the shelves anymore? They're going to run to the high value man. And guess what? Like Jesus rejecting the 10 virgins, he too will reject her.
Pay attention to what's coming, folks. It's bad. And it's your future. Watch out. The four horsemen are going to be paying a visit for a while before their final showdown at the end of the age. Will you women humble yourselves before you go running to men for help? Will you? Will you humble yourselves? I tell you the truth. Society won't be there for you. It already isn't, you know, because you gotta you gotta take the jab, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, your blood cells are stacking up on top of each other uh, like little pizza boxes inside of yourself, right? Or, you know, the CDC just admitted uh, a couple days ago on a video press release that they did uh, at 1658, 16 minutes and 58 seconds where the earliest uh, vaxxers uh, will, are now uh, open and at risk for serious disease in their life. Great. Thank you, CDC. Thank you very much. Even Dr. Fauci was on that call. How terrifying that is. I'll tell you the truth. Society is not there for you, and it won't be there for you. It seems like it is because, you know, you always win in divorce court by default, right, for example. You always get to abort your your children anytime you want, you know, without men having a say. Sure, okay, you know. But, like, seriously, society is not going to be there for you. And, and unless you humble yourselves, ladies, men aren't going to be there for you either. You know, welcome to the spinster life. Welcome. If you lack humility, you'll be a childless, loveless, dog mom, cat mom, spinster, unfulfilled and unhappy, distracting yourself with money, fame, travel, and other things that don't actually matter. You know this when you watch the documentary Generation Wealth. You have uh, Florian Hom, some, uh, he's got half a billion dollars, and he's like, I can't buy the smile on my daughter's face. Money is just a distraction, and I regret spending 300 to 500 phone calls a day, and my wife has to tell me to put my phone down because I'm just that consumed by money. That was his god. That was his idol, for example. I'm sure money is the god and idol of all the women who make money on OnlyFans, and that's, quote, their job. Just a sex worker. And they're worshiping money. Watch Generation Wealth. You'll see. You'll see the truth. Distracting yourself with money, fame, fortune, travel, you know, all those things you see on Instagram, right? It's just a distraction, right? It's just a distraction. But you're not going to be fulfilled, I promise you. For money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is also written, and written by the wisest man who ever lived. Quote, pride comes before the fall, but the humble will be lifted up. Sorry, ladies, but reality is sexist. Without humility, the mature feminine becomes the immature feminine, and it becomes a race to the bottom. Where it's like, hey, you know, if that, if that girl's willing to get on camera and suck a random dude's cock on camera, then I can have an OnlyFans. You see? You see how women just justify these things lower and lower and lower, and it becomes a race to the bottom because there isn't a woman of purity willing to stand up for what is right? You see? That's a huge problem. They should probably fix that. Women have to, men have to create value, but women still have to preserve value. How do you think that race to the bottom is actually preserving your value, women, collectively? It's not. It's destroying all of your value. Think about it. Just because you don't have an OnlyFans, just because you're not the one on camera sucking a random dude's cock, just because that you're not doing that doesn't mean a damn thing because it tells all men that y'all are behaving cheaply. 
that y'all don't take care of yourselves, that y'all lack self-respect, that y'all neglect yourselves, that y'all aren't willing to submit, that you're willing to submit to money, you're willing to submit to fame, but you're not willing to submit to the mature feminine, you're not willing to submit to your father, and you're sure as hell not willing to submit to your man or the father of your children. And that's why you ugly. That's why you ugly. No, I'm not telling you that all women should submit to all men. That's literally stupid because not all men are a high value man and not all men are your father. Yeah, he could be an abusive asshole who is in jail, but you could still pick up the phone and ask him. And you're like, well, what value would that be, Mr. C.S. Joseph? Read Warren Farrell's book, The Boy Crisis, where it talks about statistics about men who are fathers in jail and what happens to them psychologically. You might realize that that so-called abusive dad and what he says may actually still have some value in your life. It may have it, but maybe you're just too solipsistic, or maybe you're too egotistical and your head's big, or maybe you just can't afford your ego investments from being attacked. Because you know that what he'll tell you is the God-honest truth, and that's what you're afraid of. Because you know that if you have to accept the God-honest truth, that means you're a bad person and ultimately a bad woman, an unattractive woman, an ugly woman, until you actually decide to change and grow up. Okay? Like, having a conversation with your father, even if he is abusive, or what you believe, or if other people believe he's abusive, he may not actually be abusive, who knows? still would bear some fruit. It would still bear some value because worst case, you could always block him afterwards. So what do you have to lose? Or you could send a text. It's just texting. What do you have to lose? Right? Are you capable of proving that you can submit? Are you? Because a high value man don't submit to anybody. And he ain't going to submit to you because he knows if he does, you're just going to treat him like your beta male simps on OnlyFans anyway, right? He knows that you're just going to lose respect for him. So what's in it for him, right? That'd be a problem. <laughs> yeah, Lowe says, quote, those girls on OnlyFans calling everyone daddy. Yeah. Yeah, that's pathetic. It's really, really, really pathetic. If you found this lecture useful, helpful, educational, or enlightening, please subscribe to the channel. We would really love some more subscribers. Get us to 100,000. Also, please leave a like where you're at. If you have any questions relating uh, to uh, this subject, the subject of femininity, what makes a woman feminine, what makes a woman beautiful, what makes a woman pretty, what makes a woman humble and submissive, please leave that comment below. I read all the comments. I may not respond to all of them, but I read all of them. And I actually give a shit about you people. I actually care about the women. Y'all call me sexist. Y'all call me misogynistic. But you know what? I have to be your daddy because you won't listen to your daddy or your daddy ain't around. So I got to be your daddy and I got to tell you the harsh truth whether you like it or not. So grow up and be grateful. Be thankful that somebody 
is here willing to tell you the truth and risk their neck for you, a stranger, a person that I will never meet, and definitely a person I will never screw either. I'm not getting anything out of this for telling you the truth. I'm just getting shat on constantly, constantly, especially by arrogant, ignorant women like you who are incapable of seeing the forest for the trees because solipsism, because you're enabled, because you don't realize what you are doing. You will reap what you sow. I promise you, you will reap what you sow. And if you want the fathers to come back, you got to make it worth it for them to stay. What's in it for a man? What's in it for a man, huh? What's in it for a man to be married to you? What's in it for a man to be committed to you? Grow up, ladies, grow up. Because I ain't going to stick around for you. I ain't. This may be, I mean, like, this is it. This is your chance. I got to be a daddy. So here I am. Taking responsibility. Because, like I said, it is written. If a man knows what good he ought to do but does not do it, he sins. Good night, folks. See you guys next time.